0: Okay, I'm going to get things started and just kind of get myself organized here, get my notes organized for the show. I hope everyone's doing well. hope everyone's having a good uh, Wednesday here. I'm still getting used to the Wednesday slot. It was over a year of doing these on Sundays, and uh, switching to Wednesday at noon has been great. I've seen a lot of new faces tuning in, which has been fantastic. Um. And we're getting closer to episode 100, which is very, very, very exciting, which I'll talk about later in the show. Um, Yeah, we got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about today. Um, I think the main thing that's on my mind right now is just a general change in the winds, as I'd put it. I sent out a tweet, I think, uh, this morning. Kind of, I'm getting the same feeling in my gut that i got kind of late 2021 early 2022 i don't know how many people were in the Hedera ecosystem at that time feels like a feels like the stone age at this point um a year in web3 is a lifetime but it was ve- it was very interesting at that time we had hbar was trading at you know double digits Um, and we had NFTs that had just started to kind of become a thing. Um, and DeFi was still kind of a bit of a dream. Um, it was a very interesting time. Uh, and it was kind of the, the peak of that, uh, that bull market that we ran into. And then also the, the Hedera Um, NFT heat wave and like all that different type of stuff. It was a really interesting time, especially because when you look back at it, there really wasn't a whole lot going on with the Hedera network. I mean, from a from a retail standpoint, from an enterprise standpoint, I mean, the governing council was rocking. Um, I think at that time, you know, Lehman and Vance were still at Hedera as um, chief scientist and CEO. Lehman may have all uh, have still been doing the the monthly Zoom calls, um, simpler times, and even though there was less happening on the network, like we again we didn't really have DeFi. There was no Saucer Swap, there was no major NFT marketplace. Um, there was a lot of excitement about Hedera um, around the technology and. When you look back at that time, you kind of go, well, why did why did HBAR pump in price so much when when you could argue um, now versus then, you know, it's night and day there, you know, comparatively, there wasn't a whole lot happening on the network back then. And it really goes to show that, you know, for better or for worse, um, you know, hype does play. A big role. I think that, you know, I was talking last week about, you know, substance versus hype. I think we're learning more and more that those two things feed each other. I'm excited to talk about um, hype in general. I I think that in the Hedera community, it's a little bit of a taboo topic, but, you know, I think it's time to talk about it. I think some folks are already talking about it. Um, And on that too, I'm going to share some thoughts just kind of on Hedera's marketing in general. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, flutter, flutter wave, which is a very interesting use case that I didn't get a chance to touch on last week. Last week's show is crazy. There was, I had to pack so much stuff in cause I'd been away for a week or so traveling. So, um, this week I can loop back on that and talk about that. Um, we're going to do some governing council predictions. It's been too long. There's a lot of controversy around the governing council and what's going on with that. A lot of questions, I want to have some fun. It's been a while. I mean, uh, it depends on what your attitude is. I think that I'm getting a general sense of, you know, in spite of everything that's happened in the crypto space, there's a little bit of lightheartedness. There's nothing wrong with that. Have a bit of fun. Uh, We're also going to talk about a question I have on permissioned nodes. And this is a question that has kind of been jostling around in my mind as we approach the expiry of some of these governing council member initial terms, um, we're going to talk about the new data on disk feature. Also, the hash graph got a big upgrade. Um, took <laughs> Took me quite a while to like figure out what all of it meant um, and how it all worked. I'm not I'm not a, a terribly technical person, um, but I think that when you actually break it down and take a closer look at it, it's you, you realize kind of. Um, the substance side of things. We're going to talk about Citadel IoT moves. They're doing the Citadel is doing some crazy stuff. Um, we're going to talk about Twiggle. I see uh, Brandon at Twiggle listening down there. Shout out to you. Um, I wanted to just share my thoughts on the app and just kind of stuff like that. And then I'm going to talk about episode 100. Kind of what I have planned for it. To be honest, I. It's been a crazier. I don't have anything too crazy planned. Um I know for episode 50 we gave we gave away like um it was more of an NFT vibe. I had Dead Pixels on the show, I had Hangry Barboons on the show, I had King Solomon on the show. It was like 3 hours long. We gave away a Dead Pixels Ghost Club pass and a bunch of other crazy stuff. Um to celebrate episode 100, I you know, I kind of just want to have a have it be a bit of a relaxed vibe. I don't want to go too crazy with it. I want to just one of my favorite aspects of episode fifty was just recapping the last year. Like I, I don't often get a chance to do that with how quickly things are going. Is actually look back over the year, look at the full picture. You know, it's okay sometimes to just take the tip of the iceberg and and kind of take a look at it and see like, you know. What was that, you know, those top 10% of headlines? What were the most impactful stories over the year? Um, And what do they look like when they're kind of meshed all together? What does that timeline kind of feel like? Um, So I'm excited about that. But with that, hello from Ottawa, Canada, everyone. My name is Brandon Davenport, a.k.a. it's Brandon D. It is November 1st, and you're listening to episode 98 Hashgraph Enthusiasts' news show, Hype is in the air. And I can say that for a fact. Um, this is a weekly news show where we cover the top 10 stories related to Hedera, HBAR, and everything in between. Listen live on X Spaces every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other platforms to hear past episodes. Also, um, I'm going to be doing more interviews coming up. I've been very busy, but I'm hoping to do uh, some more interviews soon. So stay tuned for that. Get all the info you need about the show and subscribe at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. Um, and for folks listening live on X Spaces now, check out the post pin to the top for a list of our top 10 stories. Also take a moment to share the spaces with your friends. Um, and if you got some interesting news people should know about, click the comment button at the bottom right. Let me know. Maybe we'll talk about it. Um, for folks listening on podcast platforms, leave a comment. Break down your thoughts. Let's keep the conversation going. Um, and I don't know. I kind of want to kick it off. You know what? Maybe we'll give a couple minutes here. Um, Brandon, I don't know if you're around. I'd love to have you up. Uh, maybe chat real quick about Twigital. But for folks unfamiliar, um, I was able to twigitize um, an Elvis head a genuine 1950s um, bust of Elvis um, that was actually purchased at an Elvis show. Um, But that was done on Testnet. Now the Twigital app is available on the actual app store on Mainnet. So I'll be um, re-Twigitizing my Elvis head. Um, And I mean, everyone who listens to the show, most folks in the space already know about Twigital. I don't think we need to rehash it. Brandon, I'm just really curious, like, it's finally live now. You can go to the App Store. You can type in Twigital. You could anyone can download it. Um, and I mean, you've been working on this for so long. And just from the purview of like a founder, uh, a project, I asked this question to Solo um, after you know years of developing Galaxy. What is it like? You know, just now it's out there. Now you know that next chapter has begun. Like. Does it feel like a load has been taken off or does it feel like the, the pressure's on? I'm curious.
1: Yeah, well, it's a good question. I mean, starting from the beginning, it was just an idea. Like this is something we should do based off of what Lehman said, the world will be tokenized. Everything of value will be tokenized. We're like, well, there's a lot of things of value that are just physical objects out there. You know, we have our display shelves and all that kind of stuff. You know, how can we best capture that? So it was it was trying to figure out how we could best capture those objects. And then, you know, going from that, can we do that? Can we use those kind of NFTs on Hedera? And now how do we string together an application that allows you to do that all within the workflow of a single application? Um, so it was, you know, trying to actually see if we could come up with a product around that. And and we've had, as you mentioned, we've had the, the private beta for six, eight months. You know, we've been we've been playing with it for a long time, um, but. So there is a load off now that we've got it out there. We have some people using it. We, we can already tell there's people that are, um, you know, trying to build their skills around photogrammetry and get better at it. And so, so it's, it's fun to watch. But now, you know, the pressure is on. Now we have to get uh, to the point where it, it's viable as a business. And, you know, building our own businesses around it, so, kind of to show how other people can build businesses around these assets as well. But it's been a fun process. Uh, we're running a contest just to give everybody a heads up because it is a learning process to, to learn how to do photogrammetry. But um, there are certain objects that are easy to do, and there are certain objects that, that can be more challenging. I know some people have already seen, you know, doing, looking at the explorers that have tried to do coins and things like that. And we've had a lot of success with stuff like that you've seen the um i see iron chief on here he created a token that we were able to uh ties at hello future live but that's something that that takes a little bit of practice once you figure it out once you get an object dialed in it becomes pretty easy but you do have to learn how to do it so we have a contest running right now to do jack-o-lanterns you know it was just uh halloween last night so um, you might have a pumpkin or a gourd or a a jack-o-lantern lying around go ahead and, and try that out just stick it in your driveway uh, download the Twigital app. Take a few dozen pictures of it, walking around it, get it, getting a few angles from it. I don't think you have to get the bottom, and then uh, you could just quote tweet our contest with either the Twigital cert, a, a picture, or a, a video of you know in, in object capture, and um, and and just check it out and and post it, and you ha- you're up for winning you know a few thousand H bar that we have up for grabs. So so that's fun as well.
0: I love that, and I remember uh, months ago. Probably early this year, you know, we were on a spaces and you were you were first starting to kind of share the complete vision of Twigital and the product. And something that attracted me to it was, um, you know, as an NFT creator, an artist is like there's digital artists and, and, and people that that have artistic mediums that lend themselves better to NFTs inherently. But there's a lot of artists out there that work with physical mediums that work with even painting or. Um, All sorts of different things like that, where part of the aesthetic, part of the substance of of the art is, you know, the frame that the painting is in or the texture of, of the paint on the canvas or the sculpture, or different things like that. And it's like, as an artist, you know, people can say, you know, there's lots of apps in the app store where you can do photogrammetry, but as a workflow and as maybe an artist that isn't a digital artist that wants to participate in, you know, the NFT ecosystem, having an app that you can use to capture your artwork, twidgetize it, and then have it as an NFT on Hedera, like that just opens up a whole um, gateway. That's kind of what comes to my mind from use cases. But I'm curious for you, like, Um, As the app has launched and as kind of the awareness around it has grown and you've been showing it to people like, what do you think are the key areas initially where this app is going to be leveraged? And are there kind of any um, uh, use cases that have kind of surprised you maybe that you guys didn't think of in ways that people are using the app already?
1: Brandon, these are great questions. The the first thing is that we want to you know how much have nfts you know the first iteration the 2d version how much has that empowered digital artists you know in this first iteration we want to do the same thing for the people working in the physical world whether they be collectors or sculptors or artisans or craftspeople we we want to give them the, the same uh, tools to be able to, to leverage the web3 ecosystem um Initially, I think it's just going to be fun. Like the little contest we have that I just pinned, you know, you can do that kind of stuff. You can capture your kids' art. Uh, But the next thing I think we're going to see people leveraging them as. Um, you know, bearer assets as the value transfer mechanism, putting them on Web3 marketplaces and things along those lines. So I think that's the next iteration. There's going to be challenges around that, you know, but it could be done the same way you see with eBay, um, or you could have some kind of a clearinghouse. So you send your object to, say, a central clearinghouse that holds on to them, ensures them, properly stores them. And then because we have these Digitally immersive environments that we're going to be getting with things like, uh, you know, Apple Vision Pro, you don't necessarily ever have to take possession of the object because you can display it and show it off and flex it in those environments. Um, But... When somebody, if you do have a clearinghouse like that, somebody does want to take physical possession of it, we can send it out or or uh, the entity that's doing that can send it out. So, so that's another thing. Um, but it is it's interesting because there's been a lot of use cases that we didn't even think of so i already talked about you know capturing your uh kids art that's one of the things my co-founder jesse does with all his kids art now because of course it's going to fall apart in a few weeks anyway uh you know same thing you know the the jack-o'-lanterns are, are, going, are going to fall apart in a fairly short order but we also sell rob allen another person that's really famous in our space he's one of our greatest uh um evangelical, you know, people getting out there. He's on my show all the time, but he went to Everest Base Camp, right? And you can't take the rocks that you have as, as a memento, as a keepsake, but you can Twitterize it. So it's, it can be used for things that you want to capture, but you can't necessarily take with you and going beyond just taking a two, 2D picture of it. Right, you can then leverage it in other places, leverage it in these immersive environments, and so forth. So those are some of the things, and then then we of course can go down the things it could be used in insurance and for anti-counterfeiting. I mean, we could go down the line, uh, but I think there's going to be a lot of ways that they can be used.
0: That's so exciting, man! Um, and uh, just as I get on with the show here, I, was, I wanted to give you a a, a a chance here. Like, what's the best way for people to um, dive in? and get started with the app and then maybe what are some helpful tips um as they kind of try twidgetizing their 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 first twigitals i uh, i love saying that uh, that word
1: <laughs> yeah so i mean the first thing you just download the app um, you want to try objects when you start first of all we do have a twigital on youtube or you can go to twigital app on here on x and you can see we've posted you know a how-to guide how to use the application Um, It it walks you through, you know, what kind of backgrounds you should have. You should kind of have a flat matte background, if possible. Um, But a a turntable is certainly good to have so you can capture all those those angles. Um, But the one thing I didn't mention or we didn't mention in that tutorial or that guide was the objects themselves. So you want to have something that holds its shape. So like a, a plush toy that flops over and things like that, or or um, a hat that's going to move as you're trying to capture the picture, or a pet, that that's that's not going to be a great object. The object itself, if it has more of a matte finish, that usually works better. But then again, you capture that Elvis, and that had a fairly glossy finish, and, and that was able. So you can give it a shot, um, but you want something to be more 3D. So we talked about coins. Uh, they can be more difficult, especially if you're lying them on their edge. Um, so you want something, I would say, you know, football size, you want to start with something around football size, uh, that has a a matte finish, uh, that has good 3d, uh, you know, it's not flat, um, things along those lines. And that's why we started with pumpkins because they, they kind of fit with all those things. But, um, just because you try one object and you struggle with it, don't stop there. Try, Try a few other ones, uh, until you get, get it figured out. And once you do start to figure it out, it becomes a lot easier. Um, and, and I can throw it right back at, at you, Brandon. I mean, you you captured that that Elvis. How did how did that process go? Um, I mean, I've done
0: photogrammetry stuff in the past, and I mean, it's like you said, it's every app has its own quirks and features, and also photogrammetry within itself. It's a skill set you can you can learn and grow with, like especially the the device that you use, you know. Um, The LiDAR sensor built into the iPhones and different things like that. It's like it is a skill that you can cultivate as a creative person and capturing objects better. And it's like it just takes a couple tries and really thinking um, analytically about, you know, you know, based off the photos that I take and how close or far they are, different things like that. You start to learn what the output will be. So it's just, you know, it's literally just you practice. And you're going to get better at doing it and you'll, you know, you, you'll get better at doing photogrammetry. It's like getting better at playing guitar or something like that. It's like on your first try, if you try to do something complex, it's going to sound bad. But if you work hard enough at it, like you could totally, you know, twigitize something crazy, you know, like, and that's, that's a skill within itself. You can, you can get ahead of the technology and its capabilities. Um, You know, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head there. You know, it takes a little bit of practice, but once you figure it out, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, the other thing that I want to highlight is if you've done photogrammetry in the, in the past and you have those USD files, the universal scene description files or USDZ, if they're they're compressed, if they're zipped, you can mint those directly using Twigital as well and then, you know, view it and, and all that kind of stuff within our application. So you already, already created the... Um, The Elvis there, if you saved that by any chance, you can mint that right away. Now, right now, the the testnet version of what we had is not up, so you won't be able to recover that account until we get it back up. So if you just want to wait until we get the testnet version, you can get the testnet version again and and recover it or something along those lines and get your Elvis. But if you did save it by any chance, you can mint that directly. You don't have to go through the process of of capturing it again.
0: You know what? I'm going to do it again because practice – makes perfect. And this, this next Elvis will be the most, uh, incredible Elvis I've ever minted to mainnet. So I appreciate you stopping by Brandon. Um, have a great rest of your day, man. It's so exciting to see the app out there.
1: My pleasure. Everybody go out there on the iOS app store, go ahead and download it and and participate in that, in that contest and see if you can win some H bar
0: right on. I dig it. Yeah. I love that free app and you can win some H bar. I mean, what's better than that. I dig it now. I want to talk about hype and, you know, when we look at um, what I call the, the the hunger for hype in this ecosystem, um, it's pretty intense and I think it's, you know, maybe it's a cyclical thing. Maybe, you know, it's just an end-of-year thing. Maybe, you know, people are feeling optimistic um, with a fresh year ahead. Maybe it's the, the pump in Bitcoin or maybe it's, you know, these ETFs that might get listed or maybe it's this or maybe it's that. Who knows what it is. But in general, I'm definitely getting, uh, as I said at the top of the show, is like just a gut feeling that I had back in, you know, late 21, early 2022. And it it, it I can't really put my, my finger on it. It's just the very beginnings of something. And it brings up something really important, which is the substance versus hype type thing in the Hedera community. I mean, I I was going off on this in the last episode um very aggressively, but my sentiment is basically, you know, at this at this point in the Hedera ecosystem, you know, it, it it's it, hype maybe we need a new word or something. I think that hype triggers some people and, 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 you know, it it makes them think of some of the more negative things that can happen in crypto for sure that are, that are associated with the word hype. But when I say hype, what I mean is, um, action, enthusiasm and excitement. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit of naivety or maybe, um, uh, eyes bigger than your stomach, um, that kind of hype. And it's, it's that kind of interplay between substance and hype a little bit. You kind of like, especially right now you have to have both. And clearly, you know, I mean, we're doing last month we did over 4 billion transactions on, on the Hedera main net. We averaged like 1.6 thousand transactions per second. It's insane. It's crazy. Um, H bar as a as an asset right the price action of Hbar is woken up um it's you know you look at the chart and it's you know the ranges are larger um we're holding above five cents now um it's you know it, it feels like it's kind of come alive a little bit last week we talked about some insights shared from Shane who's the CEO of the Hbar Foundation we looked at the Masari the Masari report that that they do to kind of break down the growth of the ecosystem i mean a little asterisk there they are funded by the foundation but i do find their reports to be uh pretty darn objective so i appreciate it i mean hedera is a multi-billion dollar unicorn startup well positioned in multiple verticals um with 10x year-over-year growth um and you know we also talked about you know oh, you know, most of the transactions are just 99. They're 99% HCS transactions. Those don't earn any money. Um, But the non-HCS transactions, we're seeing a lot of growth in those. And sure, you could argue as well that, oh, well, most of the HCS transactions are done by Avery Dennison and those are subsidized by the foundation, and this and that. But you got to remember as well, it's not like that value is leaving the network. It's not like Avery Dennison is selling that H-bar to pay for employees or whatnot. They're just using that H-bar to you know, buy usage of the network. So in theory, that H-bar provided by the foundation to Avery Dennison that's being spent on these transactions, some of that's going back to your wallet if you're staking H-bar. You know, It's going back to the Hedera treasury. Um, The velocity of the network is increasing. So also, too, it's like I look at the crypto industry more broadly. And last week we talked about the fact that, you know, Polygon now has kind of like a um, governing council type thing going on. They've listed um, a number of people or entities that will be a part of some kind of council that will um, provide governance um and it's just that uh, to me there is definitely um people paying attention to Hedera as an L1 as a network um and i think that i've you know i've spoken to this before you know it hashgraph is a very disruptive technology a lot of people um are going to be disrupted i mean this industry the crypto industry is you know largely driven by Fees, right? Um, and when you talk about an L one that has low fixed fees, it's like, well, that's in direct contrast, that's in direct, con- uh, you know, contradiction to the 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 engine that keeps this industry running. So it's a very um, fascinating technology. And when we when I get this gut feeling like I'm talking about, like I had at the end of 2021, it makes me excited. But also, you know, I, I do get a little worried. I think that um, it's very important for people in the Hedera community to remember that largely the value of this network initially is going to be driven by retail. It's the industry that this is in. Now, again, we do have a lot of enterprises on this network. They're, you know, they're rolling out use cases, and I think that's fantastic. Um But the reality is, is that even just to secure the network, you know, we need more than a couple thousand users on the network. Right. And when they get here, they need really cool things to do. And those really cool things aren't necessarily going to be built. And I don't think should be built by, you know, governing council members or swirls or whomever. Right. It should be a startup economy, little ecosystem that can have these exciting things spring from it. And, you know, like talking about Twigital and then looking at um, the DeFi ecosystem with SaucerSwap and their, their version two protocol coming. Um, when we look at um, Hashpack, they just announced uh, new onboarding. So you can, you know, tra- you know, when you open up your Hashpack, you can immediately take your Fiat and using the, uh, the, the C14 platform just buy sauce, buy. um, Karate Token, um, it, it's it's just it's just wild, uh, or by H bar. So it's like the, the all these things and all these pieces are starting to come into place from these startups and projects. These are the things that are going to create an environment that will accelerate growth and make things happen like they did in 2021, but at a larger scale and. To be honest, the things that are going to hold us back are an a- an example of an attitude would be, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, we're not, you know, let's focus on 10 cents first, right? Let's not, let's not jump to new all time highs right yet. There's still a lot to do uh, What well, like, what's attractive about that? Like just being frank here, like as a, as a, as a, community member on another network that maybe is looking at hedera right and going hey i think that this technology is really great but the attitude in the community is so realistic and so analytical and so substance focused that we kind of lose sight of the excite the excitement factor um and to be frank that's what's going to draw in retail um And to be really frank, it's like, you look at Solana recently, you look at some of these other networks, and it's like, um, it's not generally going to be substance that kicks things off, right? It's really going to be sentiment. And that sentiment has to be generated by this this community. It's not going to be generated by another community. Arguably, it's going to be stifled by other communities initially, as we've seen. So... It's really it's really up to us to kind of take a step back and remember that this bear market, right? This this period in 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 Hedera isn't the way that it's always going to be. And, you know, again to be fair is to get through this period, it's required realism, right? It's required hard work and it's required Um, substance. And as I look at the bigger picture now, and as I look at what Swirls is doing, when I look at what Hedera is doing, the governing council, guys, they've got the substance thing covered. Like we're going to talk about some stuff later on in the show, like data on disk and hashgraph. The substance stuff is fine. The substance stuff is covered. That's their job. That's all they want to do. And, you know, they do it better than anyone in the industry. Our job as a community is the excitement side, the hype side, the the the, the things that we do that created situations like um, the DeFi summer and the uh the the NFT heat wave and stuff like that. That's the spirit, that's the culture, that's the community, and it's not something that can be quantified. It's not something that can be reasoned it's not something that could be made sense of um and it really is gonna require this community to kind of let go of some stuff and think twice when you see a post on on x from a community member that's going i think hedera is going to go to four dollars there's a part of me that wants to go hey you know we you know what information do you have that leads to that conclusion and you know we need to break the sixth sense uh, resistance first and test that as support for a few months before we can even think about talking about $4. I need to leave that attitude at the door. Like we really can't afford to have that attitude right now as community members. Again, that's Hedera's job. That's Swirl's job. We always whine about how, you know, how, uh, you know, focused they are on these things and how they won't, you know, take that kind of hype side to things. And it's like that maybe is as it should be. And maybe it's a sign that us as a community should embrace that hype side a little more and kind of, you know, switch our brains off a little bit. Because when you look at things from the outside, as someone outside of the Hader ecosystem, that's something that's really attractive. That's a that's a that's a real contagious energy, right? That is gonna be the thing that grows. Us from a few thousand users to um, more and more and more and more users. Um, that's what's going to energize startups, raise the morale of projects um, and help spur development for things that we really need. Um, get loud about the things that we want and the things that we need. That it, it Sometimes it doesn't you don't need a plan so much or you don't need a goal you just need to not rein in the excitement too much. Um, And I think it's time to, you know, uh, let things loose a little bit, have some fun. And, And next time you see some kind of crazy prediction out there from someone in the ecosystem, you know, I don't know if it's time to get super analytical and break things down too much. I think that at that point we'd really be spinning our wheels. Most of these OG community members are very well versed in the technology of Hedera and um, new people in this ecosystem aren't going to enter this ecosystem um, because of the technology. They're going to enter the ecosystem because they see a a giant honking green candle, right? That's what's going to grab attention. Um, And we need to, we need to just kind of leverage the fact that we're so knowledgeable and informative and mature as a community, because when these folks get in and they start looking around and they start questioning their investment thesis and they start wondering what's going on in, in, in this ecosystem of this crypto that they've that they've aped into, um, it's here. And I think that, that that's just going to happen naturally. So um, I think I'm just getting the sense that, that this ecosystem's hungry for hype. That's kind of what I'm what I'm getting to in my mind. And I'm going to try to be a little more relaxed about it. You know, it's it's fun. You know, I think that those are the things that that really get people attracted to a network. People want to have fun. They don't want it to be boring. People, if they wanted to 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 be boring, they'd invest in stocks and bonds and um, all sorts of different types of investments. You know, when people get invested in crypto, sure, they're trying to make money, but also too, it's like really fun. Uh, when you're in a big group chat and there's some exciting marketing uh, market activity in, in an asset that you hold. Um, it's just incredibly exciting. I think that's another reason why people do this stuff is it is it's just camaraderie. It's community. Um, so we're hungry for hype. Uh, let's set the table. Let's not hold back anymore. We don't need I, I don't think we need to ration the hype anymore. Let it loose. Bust it out. Tell everyone to come over. The party's coming like because if, if we don't lean into it a bit, it's going to be a pretty crappy party, to be honest. So um, it's, t- it's time to have some fun. And I think that uh, this brings me into um, <clears throat> my second story, which is just kind of on the marketing side of things. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this because it, it dovetails nicely with this kind of hunger I see in the ecosystem for um, the hype side of the scale. And then I look at it and I go, okay, so the community, let's get excited. Let's have fun. Let's you know throw out some crazy price predictions. Let's dream big. Um, let's bring the energy. I think that's great. But when we look at how that aligns with Hedera, I also think that um, Hedera and Swirls, the HBAR Foundation, there's also some changes that have to happen, and changes that I do think are happening. Um, lessons learned, um, perspectives changed. And I think that um, I was in a conversation in a group chat recently and and you know, it was prompted kind of like what could what could Hadera do to be more effective or or when I say hadera i I, I kind of clump in like, you know, any organization charged with branding and marketing this network, right? Which would be Hedera and Swirls and the HBAR Foundation and the Hashgraph Association. But um, generally, you know, these associations are, you know, on the substance side, they're VCs, they're um, career professionals. Um, they are uh, folks that, that, that need to do things that demand a lot of rigor, right? And that doesn't necessarily translate into this kind of flywheel of hype we want to get going. And I was thinking about this, and I mean, I work with folks at Swirls and the Foundation, and these, you know, these different types of things in different capacities and collaborative things to, you know, help a lot of ecosystem initiatives. As a lot of people know, like I, I chair operations for the DAO working group and the DeFi Alliance and um, the NFT working group. Um, and I'm 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 assisting with project management for Wallet Connect. So, for me, I look at it from a marketing perspective because that's kind of some stuff that I do. And I think that it's so important, especially at this time, for you know these organizations, you know the 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 Hadero organizations that I speak of, to remember that they're not marketing to an idle standing group of people, right? They're marketing the network to a merry-go-round operating at 900 RPM and taking an approach that is based off of details and numbers, I don't think is going to work. And this is the tough part is, again, one of the things that I really love about this network and one of the things that drew me to this network is how conservative the approach is. I think it served them well. We've seen a lot of networks struggle with that and, and fall under all sorts of different scrutiny. I think that it's been a huge um, advantage for Hedera to take that kind of approach. But also I think a lot of people got invested in Hedera because the algorithm was patented, right? The algorithm not patented anymore. Lehman and Mance aren't at Hedera anymore. Time marches on. Things change and we have to change with it as we learn. and. One of the things that I look at is I look at Hedera's marketing strategy, and I think that they really need to take a more broad stroke approach. Um, I think that when you have a network that that has the substance and fundamentals, and um, you know, and, and and has the 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 technology to back it up. You know, you don't need to talk about those things. When you have a network that doesn't have the fundamentals and doesn't have the substance and doesn't have the technology to back it up, you probably should talk about those things. And in comparison to what Hedera and, you know, these related organizations is doing now to market the network, you know, I don't think that they should stop what they're doing. I just think they it might not resonate with, with a retail audience that has this kind of hunger for hype. I think that um, it's okay to elicit questions instead of focus on explaining things, right? I think that if you are explaining what the network is about at the beginning of next year, you're in a losing position right? The position you want to be in is you want to be in a position of questions being thrown at you. Um, And I think that when I say broad stroke marketing approach, I really think that it's about um, just saying, you know, Hedera is the fastest network executing the most transactions and capable of handling more transactions than any network declarative broad stroke statements that naturally is going to cause controversy um, and naturally is going to excite the existing community with, with boldness. And I don't know if they can do stuff like this, right? That's the other side to the coin here is I don't know if the amount of red tape and bureaucracy within Hedera and, and swirls and this and that would allow these types of things. Um, and it, and again, it's like that's one of the benefits of the of this network. It's a very fresh approach to other web three companies. It's the reason why we've attracted, you know, Fortune 10 and 500s to the governing council. And the reason why, you know, major corporations are looking to Hedera to build their applications on is it. because of this ultra-conservative approach, arguably because Hedera hasn't taken such a bold, broad stroke stance with their marketing. But again. I'll bring up something Mance said that is very revealing to me, which is he said that when they were trying to onboard the first five governing council members, they had to make many concessions, right, to get the sixth governing council member. They had to go back and revise the bylaws of the LLC and of the governing council um, to convince those new governing council members to join, right? Those, those upcoming governing council members had more negotiating power and leverage than Hedera had. And Matt said that they got to a point where they had enough governing council members on board that when they would go to recruit new governing council members, they could simply say, hey, it works for all these folks. It's going to work for you. And that scale was kind of tipped. And I wonder what's going to be that tipping point for Hedera now from a marketing perspective of when they can truly embrace kind of the the hype side of things in in, a, in the very mature way that, that Hedera does. And I think the way they do that is focus less on details and nuances. I think those types of things are very um, powerful for the developer community, for the enterprise folks um i think those types of things resonate and i think that they should just double down on those things in those channels but when we look at what's being sent out on x or social media or those different types of things um there needs to be more of a willingness to fire from the hip and there needs to be more of a broad stroke approach and just instead of you know qualifying everything like just you know, Mance himself said it's a fallacy to assume that Hedera isn't the most decentralized um, network out there. Why not take that statement from a particular section of an interview on YouTube somewhere and throw that in a megaphone and just put that out as a tweet? Um, why not just stir things up a little bit, stir the pot like it, it those types of things work? And the reality is, is that Hedera has the substance to back those things up when challenged and i think that Hedera should open themselves up to being challenged from a retail perspective and say those more broad stroke declarative statements and welcome the um the resistance and questions and stuff because otherwise we're it, we're just going to continue seeing a cycle of of nitpicking on specific things and and um just people getting lost in the noise right i think it's really on Hedera to provide that signal, that clear messaging of, yeah, we can talk about numbers, we can celebrate another billion transactions, you know, we can talk about time to finality being down or the fact that, um, you know, the nodes of our network have equal voting power and high participation and uh, no no, uh, uh, hosting service hosts more than two nodes. And it's geographic. It's like that is you can talk about that stuff till you're blue in the face you can explain this network it, it's going to fall on deaf ears in retail right it's it i think it's time to just say broadly you know Hedera's is the best we think this is the best um feel free to challenge that um and it's it it, it does spark controversy um but you know, not, nothing spreads faster than bad news. Nothing spreads faster than controversy. Um, and I think that the game that Hedera is in is the Web3 crypto game. Um, and it's going to get insane. If we talk about a, a bull market coming, um, Hedera is going to have to shift their, they will shift their marketing approach out of necessity, right, to, stay, to be able to kind of swim with the stream. Um, and I think we just need to take that approach. We need to poke at things a little bit and just understand that when things are um, analyzed and criticized and um, questions get asked, we need to truly leverage the fact that we have the substance to back it up Um, and kind of flip the script a little bit and go, okay, hype versus substance. Um, If you have the substance to back it up, that gives you a great platform to hype things up a little bit. And we all know there are many networks out there, L1s and projects and things that have uh, no place, you know, hyping things up as they do, but they do. And they have that price appreciation and they have that growth of their ecosystem. But we see time and time again that when the rubber meets the road, you know, networks go down, um, there's all sorts of different problems. And I don't think Hedera will have those problems. So why not go for it, right? Why not just take that broad stroke, get out of the, the minutiae. And again, we need to continue marketing Hedera as, as it's being marketed to the correct audiences. But when we look at retail and we want to grow this network from a couple thousand per active participants, it's going, take, um, it's going to take some fresh ideas. So that's my idea, broad stroke. Um a little bit of controversy, a little bit of excitement. Uh, and do it because we can. I don't think a lot of other networks can do stuff like that, even though they do. Um, if if there's any network out there that should be able to hype themselves up, it's Hedera, because we you know you have the you have the substance to back it up. Um now I got some other news to talk about, but real quick, I just want to say this show um averages About 500 listeners every week on X Spaces and hundreds more on podcast platforms. And over the years, I've covered every major Hedera news event, unpacked almost um, every juicy rumor and hosted countless in-depth discussions with important figures in the ecosystem. I see uh, Matt Smith. He's from Dovu down there. Shout out. I had him on the show recently. We had a great conversation about the upcoming roadmap and different stuff. I think it was like episode... 92 or something like that, definitely go listen to that um, that interview. But the best part is I've been able to broadcast it live with all you guys. I love doing the show live. I think doing live shows is uh, creates a different dynamic. It feels like anything could happen. Uh, my phone could die at any minute. How exciting is that? If you'd like to support the show, consider making an HBAR contribution like many folks in the ecosystem have done. Um, a lot of people share some fun memos too. Like I'll, you know, I'll get a, a contribution of like 20 H bar and someone's like, Hey, I love the show. And, you know, it just makes my day. And, and as I grow the show, um, you know, I've, I've, people have reached out in regards to like sponsoring or different things like that. I think that, you know, community supports the best way to do it. It allows me to understand, um, when I should grow the show. Um, based off of interest and support from the community. It just kind of closes that loop. So um, appreciate all the support from everyone. And you can send a contribution using your Hedera wallet. Um, The show's full Hedera address is in the podcast show notes. I threw it in the uh, Jumbotron at the top there. It's also in the YouTube description, all that kind of stuff. Got all the info you need about the show at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. And also a big help to the show is, you know, Leave a rating and review for the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts. Leave a comment on YouTube. Like that stuff helps. Massage that algorithm. Help me get that algorithm pumping, guys. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Hedera community is still a little small, but hope that this show um, does what it can to help it grow. So appreciate it. And also too, like even, you know, Calypso, you can send tips on Calypso. It's a new world we're living in. I love it. Um, now let's talk about Flutterwave. So Flutterwave, this this is interesting. This I, this is one that I wish I talked about last week. But like I said, it was just it was a crazy uh, crazy packed show. But basically, Flutterwave, uh, Africa's leading payments company, has joined forces. With Adair Hashgraph to integrate the USDC stablecoin aiming to enhance cross-border financial transactions across the continent. This collaboration promises to bring instant affordable payments and remittance to millions. Now, a little about um, Flutterwave. I do believe that they are incorporated in San Francisco, I believe, or something. It was very very interesting but anyways um the gist here is um when we look at this collaboration um and how they're leveraging the Hedera network and uh, the um who was it the uh VP of strategic growth um, did a presentation as well um basically they want to enhance the cross border financial transactions in Africa and we've seen this topic talked about quite a bit when we look at um you know Shinhan Bank and Standard Bank um those remittances and there's a th- there's a theme here starting of these different proof of concepts of moving money um either within a country or or cross border um proof you know uh the uh, point of sales those different types of things the the this payment infrastructure is being redefined and Hedera as a network, and especially with HCS as kind of a, a you know notary public service, is coming into the fold in a big way. And I think that we've been watching this story unfold through the lens of Hedera. Um, and I think that you know this has been a long time coming. You know, integrating DLT um, with payment rails and 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 banks and these different types of things. I think that Hedera coming into the fold now, I think it's very exciting. So basically with with Flutterwave and kind of them leveraging Hedera is um, they want to offer users instant affordable payments and remittances, addressing challenges like slow settlement times and high transaction costs, right? AKA, you know, wire transfers and all those different things that we're familiar with where your kind of money just disappears along with $40 and someone gets it in a couple days and you just kind of hope that it works out. Um, Now, while Flutterwave stands to offer enhanced payment solutions, Hedera could see a surge in adoption and utilization of its network because as more use cases like this come, come online on the network, it just, I see it as a scenario where you've got a line of people looking to dive into the pool and everyone's kind of looking at each other waiting, you know, to see who's going to dive in first. And I think that as more people kind of get in, maybe someone's going to be like, you know, hey, the water's fine and it's working. And it's like I think that as those first few people kind of dive in and get things rolling, there's going to be more like it's going to be um, an exponential curve of adoption. And, you know, seeing this kind of innovation outside of the U.S. Um, because, the, you know, the regulatory environment in the U.S. is not super conducive of this type of work. Um, it's exciting. Um, and the collaboration was unveiled at the Africa Money and DeFi Summit West Africa. It is a platform known for fostering fintech and crypto collaborations. Now, Flutterweave's, uh, Flutterwave's commitment to simplifying payments and its impressive, uh, impressive growth trajectory in the fintech landscape, basically, uh, they're aiming to simplify payments catering to payment behaviors across different regions. They have a presence in 32 countries um, and have processed $25 billion in total payment volume and served millions of merchants. So this is an established um, uh, network that's looking to offer these better services leveraging Hedera. And I mean, it's a common story being told. It it feels like I'm talking about the same use case over and over again, which is exciting because these are becoming more and more focused Um, and it's becoming clearer at how DLT is going to be integrated. Um, So they're planning to offer solutions for both merchants and individuals, including services like barter, swap, tuition, um, and the send app for remittances. So When we look at what the role of distributed ledger technology and remittances looks like from the Flutterwave purview, um, it's really just about offering faster, cheaper, more efficient cross-border transactions. So remittances represent a significant opportunity in Africa, but the cost of sending money is still very high. Um, So basically, they want to leverage DLT to provide USDC wallets for efficient off-ramping of funds into fiat currency across various mobile wallets in Africa. Again... Very similar to a lot of these other use cases we've been talking about. The phased rollout includes USDC payouts into fiat currency, followed by enabling merchants to collect USDC from their customers. So that's very exciting. And um, the uh, VP of Strategic Growth at Flutterwave says, quote, our vision is to transform the way the world conducts business with Africa. So there's a big thing there, right? This is not just about Um, activity within the within the region this is about um, how you know the global economy interacts with africa's economy and conducts business and then vice versa so this is again building that connective tissue and it's going to be very interesting to see how all these different proof of concepts uh, and use cases converge And i think the most exciting quote on this is from rob allen at the hashgraph association he says on x quote Hedera is going to dominate Web3 payments in Africa. And that's that's a quote that shouldn't be taken lightly. I mean, Rob Allen is the is the payments guy. This is this is his bread and butter. This is what he's all about. He was a rep on the governing council. He was at the HBAR Foundation. He was at, he's currently at the Hashgraph Association, and this is what he's all about. Um, and when he says that Hedera is going to dominate Web3 payments in Africa, you best believe that, uh, you know, um, there's a strong chance of that happening. You know, I mean, I criticize often statements um, from, you know, those types of folks, you know, maybe there's a bit of fluff or maybe um, things are walked back or this and that. But, uh, you know, to be honest, Rob Allen is um, he's he's. He's on his he's he's on a, he's on his own wavelength. I mean, the, the guy climbs Mount Everest and takes pictures of sharks, and he started as a um, you know H Barbarian community member in Telegram, and you know wor- worked his way into the governing council and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, Rob, I I, de- I definitely um, a smaller pinch of salt with what Rob Allen says, in my opinion. Um, so. Something interesting here. So I took a bunch of information about this news um, and I took the articles, took the information, I put it into AI and I basically asked AI to say, listen, can you give me a quick example of how someone would use this technology um, in kind of a non-technical terms? Like what exactly does this mean in practice? So what, what the AI said is this, Imagine Ada, a Nigerian craft seller with customers worldwide. She faces slow and costly international payments. Enter Flutterwave and Hedera Hashgraph. Flutterwave, we already talked about in Hedera Hashgraph, needs no introduction. So how it would work is Ada's customers pay with USDC, right, a digital dollar. Hedera records the transaction quickly and cheaply. Flutterwave converts USDC to Nigerian Naira swiftly and deposits it into Ada's it account. The process is secure and much faster than traditional banks. That's basically what it is. So in essence, um, Ada can now sell her crafts globally without the usual payment hassles. And that's, that's, that's the, again, the common thread here with all of these different use cases and proof of concepts. When we look at banking and international remittances and all this kind of high finance stuff is when you boil it all down, it's really just everyday people being able to, make money easier and everyday people being able to spend money easier and move value around. Um, That's really what it's about. And it again goes to what Rob Allen talks about quite frequently, which is um, really impacting lives and doing real work that translates into real value for real people. Right. And not just kind of pie in the sky type stuff that's very highly specific to web three. So There's some substance for you guys. Um, Now, back to the hype side. I want to flip back to the hype switch. We're switching it back over. Um, I want to talk about the Governing Council, but I don't want to actually talk in any serious fashion. Um, I want to have a little fun. Um, I think last week um, I got very charged up about um, the Governing Council meeting minutes, and it was mentioned specifically that um, there is a, a bounty available to... Um, certain individuals of fifty thousand dollars worth of H bar to successfully onboard a new governing council member. and um, you know, that it's that's not a super foreign concept for a lot of organizations. I mean, many people that work at large companies are familiar with um, those similar types of incentives and bounties to, for example, you know, bring a new engineer onto the team or different things like that or, you know, procure a new uh, president for the company or this and that. So it's not, it's not a uh, an abnormal thing. When I, w- the part of my, um, I don't want to say, uh, maybe I'll use the term frustration. Part of my frustration around it isn't so much what that actually is about. I mean, from the meeting minutes, it's clear that, you know, it's it, it can be difficult to onboard a governing council member to Hedera. There's a lot of nuance and communication and organization and all sorts of different things that need to happen, uh, can be resource intensive, um, people intensive, but you know, the reality is, is, you know, an LLC offering, you know, a reward like that for somebody to help onboard a new governing council member. It's, it's pretty normal. Um, I think that where my frustration comes in is a common theme again of, um, you know, these types of concepts and these really important things that happen in the network, to Hedera's credit, I mean, it's great that we know that these things are happening. It's great that they publish these meeting minutes um, and all those types of things. But I think that, you know, if Hedera really is focused on educating the community on all sorts of different technical aspects of the network, I think also, too, maybe some more education could be provided from um, a business standpoint or operations standpoint. And basically... You know, these different types of things that might be helpful for folks to understand what that's about a little more, some of the rationale behind it. I don't think you can get on of that from the meeting minutes. They don't really talk about a lot of rationale behind things or lift the curtain beyond just letting you know what conclusions were made 30 days ago. So I think that for me, it's like, I don't think that stuff's that big of a deal. I think that the red flag for me was kind of like... um reading that and just knowing that the communities it's going to get stuck in the craw and it's going to you know definitely color um people's opinions on it and also i mean we haven't had a new governing council member come on board um since you know mid may so it's like it's a it it puts the mentality of people in in a very sp- specific uh uh framing of you know we're always being told there's a healthy pipeline of you know, 30 or some odd new governing council members, as, as Lehman would say, of names that you recognize. Um, And, you know, there's no concern. And even, you know, someone from Swirls earlier this year saying, you know, the governing council would be filled by the end of the year. And there's all these different types of predictions being made all the time. Um, And, you know, I, I kind of think about it and and I, I think there's a lot more to be unpacked on that front. I don't think that right now is, is, is the is the time to do it but what is the time to do is a good old-fashioned uh governing council predictions twitter thread um and you know again i know that there is some confusion about this kind of stuff i know that you know um that uh we haven't had a governing council member for feels like ages and all that kind of stuff but it's not like we're not going to have a new governing council member announced. Um, I feel pretty certain it's going to happen before the end of the year. Um, but really, it's just we don't really know exactly what the what the rationale or thinking is behind this. You know, if I put on my tinfoil hat, it's kind of like, is it useful for Hedera to do big exciting announcements in a bear market when the H bar charts don't look particularly exciting, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, coming from the music industry being in a band, it's like there's no sense in putting out your 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 record if there isn't a bunch of people excited for it. You know what I mean? It's like, sure, we've got a couple thousand people that are using this network and very excited about it from the retail perspective, um, with with kind of active wallets. But if there is some kind of major governing council member announcement, I could totally see a situation where you kind of go, well, it might be better to capitalize on this announcement at a time when more eyeballs are on Hedera, right? Like you just, you, you, your brain kind of goes there and, you know, Hedera, if you're listening, this is what happens. You know, we got to fill in the blanks. I don't want to be too speculative or, you know, but I mean, this is what happens. It's been a while. So. Essentially, what I did was I put out a post on X, and I was like, "Let's predict governing council members. What's everyone thinking?" And um, I mean, I've shared my thoughts many times. I think at this point it's all homogenized into really this queue of names that we've been talking about over and over again. but there are there there is some really interesting um standouts in these predictions that I wanted to share. So basically, um, let's go through these predictions one by one from each user. I think there was some good thought put into a lot of these. Some of them are very funny as well. So Coinman, the H Barbarian says, there's lots of sexy potential governing council members I can think of, but for decentralization and diversity of use cases, I'm going to say an NGO and or insurance company. Very interesting. No Man's Internet, uh, who's listening right now, shout out to you, says, um, thinks there's going to be more coming, but it's been very slow. Um, and I think that uh, it was it was articulated very well. I think you said that your top three choices um, in no particular order, and they were all cricket emojis. So um, I think that that sentiment is shared quite a bit. I mean, again, no new governing co- council members since May. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Jacob Zorio from Hashpack says, Greg's. Uh, okay. I, I like that. I can get behind that. Um, HBAR 1000 uh, rattled off quite a few. Johnson & Johnson, Amazon, Chevron, Procter Gamble, Toyota, Shopify, Walmart. Um, Someone just said right now, uh, Celestial Being said uh, Nestle. You, you, to be honest, I've heard people talk about oil gas companies and like Nestle and stuff like that. I mean, again, It's like, uh, you know, some of these companies that join the governing council, I don't know if they're going to be added because they're well loved. Um, They're probably going to be added because maybe they can contribute something considerable to the council in regards to use cases or governance. Like who knows? Um, Rebel MB eight says Walmart. Walmart's one that keeps coming up. Um, And a note on Walmart is, if folks remember, and again, I don't even know how relevant this is anymore. I don't even know if th- this is even happening anymore. Uh, but Lehman mentioned specifically, uh, feels like 40 years ago, in a, in a presentation that a Fortune 10 company would be building um, a use case geared towards startups. Um, and Walmart is a Fortune 10 Wise Stacker says, um, an insurance company or car manufacturer. So I know that um, Hyundai is building a use case on Hedera. So that's very, very interesting to me, right? Hyundai Motor Group um, are building a use case on Hedera, if we recall. One of the criteria for a governing council member joining the council is they must be building on the network. So something we haven't seen in the past is a prospective governing council member announce a use case and then have it be announced that they're joining the governing council. Um, if it is, uh, someone in the, the auto industry vertical, could we see that pattern be formed with Hyundai them announcing their use case and then later on being announced that they're joining the governing council? Very, very interesting. Um, now this one is pretty far out. Um, but it's very interesting from uh, H. Bo daddy on Twitter or sorry, X um, quote, we'll have every continent except Antarctica covered. So how about this? The British Antarctic survey BAS is the United Kingdom's international, or sorry, national polar Re- research Institute. It has dual purpose to conduct polar science enabling better understanding of global issues, and to provide an active presence in the Antarctic on behalf of the UK. It is part of the Natural Environment Research Council, NERC. With over 400 staff, BAS takes an active role in Antarctic affairs, operating five research stations, one ship, five aircrafts in both polar regions, as well as addressing key global and regional issues. This involves joint research projects with over 40 UK universities. Uh, I don't know, maybe involving um, University London. Who knows? That would be interesting. And more than 120 national and international collaborations. So you, you hear the line very often from Lehman, you know, we have governing council representation on every continent except Antarctica. And if you look at the different types of predictions um, and different types of industries, right, we have tech, we have, um, you know, all these different types of verticals, you know, supply chain, this and that, obviously something like this, you could argue fits into the puzzle, right? Um, and the only question here for me is, is this a large enough organization, right? 400 employees seems pretty small, but how crazy would it be as if there was a physical Node in the Antarctic, um, you know, stewarded by BAS. How crazy would that be? That'd be that'd be wild. So, shout out to Hbo Daddy with that hot take. Um, to be honest, you know, Microsoft, Apple, Walmart, Amazon, pff, whatever. I want an Antarctic node. That's what I want. Then we can safely say Hedera is truly on every continent. Uh, Berg the Dip says, would like to see some global supply chain companies. Um, Maersk would be big. Uh, we did talk about Maersk in the past. They're like a global supply chain uh, company. There was all these breadcrumbs and rumors, including them using a similar um, uh, stock footage clip for a promotional video that Hedera had used. Um, all sorts of different other breadcrumbs and things connecting them to Adera Previous episode, if you go to the d.com slash HBAR, go search for uh, Maersk. That's, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's M-A-E-R-S-K. I talk about it pretty in depth in previous episodes, but that would be very interesting. That's a, that's a supply chain company that's right in the wheelhouse. Um, and uh, Berg the Dip says specifically... Hedera has huge disruptive potential in the antiquated world of EDI transactions. So food for thought. Holo uh, underscore Thunder says Walmart. LeBron NFT says we have Chainlink. Uh, why not Quant? Um, and if folks recall, I do believe that a representative of Quant um, said in an interview that if you're looking to make um, affordable, low fee fixed fee transactions, Hedera is a great option. I mean, there's a little breadcrumb there. And if we look at, you know, the precedent has already been set that a Web3 company like Chainlink Labs would sit on the Governing Council. It's not insane to think that, you know, an organization like Quant would be on the Hedera Governing Council. It's just a matter of, um, you know, it's always been framed that the governing council is comprised of potential competitors in an industry, right? IBM and Google. But what about if a governing council member is a competitor of Hedera? That's decentralization, baby. Quant node for Hedera. Let's go. Uh, Solo Gang Gang says, uh, Dead Pixels Ghost Club. Um, I've I've always, always will be and always have been in support of uh, Dead Pixels Ghost Club joining the governing council. Uh, nothing more to say there. Um, Twh Barboon says Microsoft, Walmart, or Starlink. Microsoft is very interesting because um, I've talked about this again on the show many times. But you see the Microsoft logo pop up over and over and over again in all sorts of different um, Hedera use cases, even subsidiaries of Microsoft. Great example is EM, or uh, sorry, M Tech. Um, you know, so for me, Microsoft, especially too, as, you know, as, as a company with a very strong AI play Um, and, you know, I don't know if they have a very strong Web3 play. Uh, the last thing that was kind of crypto related that I heard from Microsoft was them being incredibly upset about NFTs being incorporated into Minecraft. Um, So I don't know how... Uh, gassed up, Microsoft is for um, throwing their hat in the ring. But again, if I look at it objectively, Microsoft is a governing council member, juicy, juicy, and probably really useful. Um, and, you know, Walmart, again, uh, Starlink, interesting. Um, you can obviously ideate and connect all sorts of dots of, as to how, you know, a, a satellite based interconnected network to provide internet globally to the world would be um, able to leverage, you know, Hedera in some capacity and uh, the excitement that would be generated by an Elon Musk production joining the governing council. Be very interesting. Um, Baller alpha says Microsoft. Um, Helix 1984 says waiting on the Maersk announcement. Again, another one from Maersk. Um, This Twitter uh, username I can't even pronounce, uh, so apologies, I'm just not going to try, says uh, United Services Automobile Association, USAA, is an American financial services company providing insurance and banking products exclusively to members of the military, veterans, and their families, um, maybe including Lehman and Mance. So we look at insurance, we look at those different types of things, USAA, interesting, um, Stephen uh, Horlacher on Twitter or sorry, X says Apple, Walmart, X, JP Morgan, and Amazon. Uh, X obviously would be interesting. Um, we have seen posts by Christian Hasker and Rob Allen and uh, Patches, who's listening right now, and lots of folks in the Hadir community um, talk about all of the different ways that um, X could leverage um the Hedera network we all just even from a payments purview we also see that kind of playing out in calaxy and and naturally see that how that could be applied to x um we also know Elon Musk tweeted at the h bar symbol and talked about you know hash ledgers and different things so it's like the, we've talked about those connections here and there i'm not going to go on and on about it but great prediction solid prediction uh Dr. Iabnomial says Patreon. Um I could see Patreon as a use case, probably not as a governing council member. They're I don't know how big of a company they are. Um Hbar Bandit says Golden Corral and JCPenney. Um I'm 100 percent behind both of those. Uh Dr. underscore Bogendorf says give me anything. Uh and shared the Titanic. It's been 84 years meme of the sweet old lady who threw her necklace over the boat. Um, yeah, I feel you. I mean, it's it's been a long time since a governing council member. So at this point, literally anything would be great. Um, H-Bar Rocks says uh, Dubai. Um, and I clarified this with h Rocks. I said, do you mean the country or the, the region? Uh, and they said, yeah. And I said, oh, okay, interesting. And, you know, you kind of think like, okay, what entities would join the Governing Council? And I've heard people talk about potentially a DAO, right? So if we look at the future and we look at, okay, like corporations and LLCs and organizations and NGOs and nonprofits and their, you know, cooperatives, there's all these, you know, standard ways to organize a company or an entity and, uh, you know. What other ones could be out there? What other kinds of entities could join the Governing Council? Who knows? Um, type Approval 1 says, you know, Sony, Microsoft. Um, and, you know, Sony's interesting. I actually had the social media manager for Hedera all over on the show. I think episode 95 we talked about. I asked him, you know, why did Hedera follow the Sony um, at the time Twitter account and then unfollow it? I just asked him that and he was like, to be honest, I just, uh, he checked the Twitter account and was like, oh, we're following Sony weird. And then he just unfollowed Sony. He was like, I don't know why we're following Sony. So I don't know if, if, uh, there was any reason why Sony was followed. Um, so that's really the only connection that Sony has to Hedera. I mean, Sony is also a part of this other, um, Uh, L1 that's more focused on the entertainment industry and these different types of things. So I could totally see Sony, Microsoft. uh, And then Take-Two, I mean, like, specifically mentioning Grand Theft Auto. I mean, Grand Theft Auto has more users than this entire network. And if you look at potentially um, the Hedera token service or the network being implemented into a major video game, Grand Theft Auto would be prime for that. There's already an in-game economy. It's a big game, so it's like, you know, Ubisoft, you know, kind of blue chunks here. They, you know, struggle to hop on a Zoom call monthly. So another gaming company would be kind of cool. I could dig it. Uh Crypto Mangs says Sony. Cool. Um uh Fever Dad says open AI. Um very interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, I don't know what governing council members on hedera have strong ai plays it's hard to know i mean google of course um i mean you know we often talk about you know what lies at the intersection of dlt and ai and lehman talks about this quite a bit and and what roles a technology like hashgraph could play um, in the world of ai and even talking to matt smith he's from From Dovu about their new charger protocol and real-time API payments using HTS to pay for um, AI usage. So very interesting things, but I mean, OpenAI themselves. I love it. I think it's crazy. Um, Sean Passler says, Meta, uh, that's just insane. Um, Didn't uh, Meta, a.k.a. Facebook, um, you know, like copy hedera's right. governance model for their libra project and then hedera did a cheeky newspaper ad and then they've just kind of been clowned on the hedera community forever i mean it's clear they know about hedera it's clear that they meet um the, all of the various criteria of what a governing council member would would need to have just in regard to size and resources um, they're in all the areas that would be compelling right ai web3 um metaverse. So I mean, Meta as a governing council member would be um would fit. It would check the boxes. I think it would be too spicy, to be honest. I think it'd be way if we want to talk about generating good hype, that might be pushing it too far, to be honest. I don't know how well that would go over. Um, Hedera House says Apple or Microsoft, Med Central says Walmart, Sound of Freedom says. PayPal, Microsoft, PepsiCo, Coca-Cola, Mercedes, Porsche, Unilever. Quite a list. A few interesting ones. PayPal. Um, As we know, PayPal launched their own stablecoin. I don't know how that's going. Um, I just got an email from PayPal that because I haven't used PayPal in a while, they're going to charge me a fee. Um, So that sucks. Um, So other than PayPal, just, you know, I don't know what PayPal's doing. I mean, as a governing council member, it's clear that, you know, they probably fit the criteria. Could be a bit of a vibe. Um, and definitely a brand that would generate some excitement. PepsiCo and Coca-Cola. I I categorize these under the predictions for like ExxonMobil, right? Like we like we've seen the breadcrumbs on LinkedIn and stuff about um, ExxonMobil uh potentially doing a use case on Hedera with their uh, with their ESG initiatives and different things like that. Um, and then we look at, you know, other uh, troubling corporations like PepsiCo and Coca-Cola um, doing all sorts of um, uh, tomfoolery around the world and different things like that. I mean, if we look at it strictly from a resource use case uh, criteria side, you know, I think I could see the headline, right? PepsiCo joins the government council on Hedera, you know, to leverage, you know, HCS for, you know, customer loyalty or like, uh, I don't know. You could see the headlines. Same with Coca-Cola. Mercedes. I mean, Hyundai is building a uh, use case on Hedera. I don't know why, um, you know, uh, Mercedes wouldn't be doing that. Same with Porsche. Unilever, uh, again, major... uh, Product company, I think Unilever is leveraging the new um, 8112 coupon standards. So, I mean, very fair predictions. Nothing wrong with those. OC Pet Doctor says they're concerned about governing council activity. Not quite a prediction, more of a concern, but a shared concern, I think. And yes, I mean, governing council attendance is very good for for quite a few, but some governing council members, um, you know, have you know, had very poor attendance for meetings. Um, and I think that man's put this pretty well, that even the governing council uh, is got, you know, is, is beholden to the, to the laws of the eighty twenty rule, right? 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. I don't think the governing council is uh, an exception to that rule. So I think that, you know, um, the governing council is a group of pe- is people working on a group project. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, 80% of the pe- people are just not going to do a lot of work on the group project, unfortunately. That's just kind of the way it is. Um, let's see here. Uh, says so on HBAR, says Apple. Crypto Fitness says Tesla. Again, I mean, uh, if we want to talk about controversy and excitement and pumpamentals and all that kinds of things. It's like, Hey, you know, an, an Elon Musk affiliated company, that would be, that'd be, uh, that'd be very cool. But also um, that would, it would <laughs> safe to say, I would be, it would be very interesting to see the governing council meeting minutes with Elon joining the Hadera governing council meeting. Um, I don't know if Hedera is ready for Elon Musk is what I'll say for better or for worse. Um, or if ever, I don't know who, I don't know who's ready for that. Um, country to crypto says, oh no, we have no good news or nothing on the horizon. So now we resort to governing council members, uh, predictions, ding, ding, ding. Uh, we don't have any governing council members since May. So yes, uh, we are resorting to, uh, predictions. That's what we do in this community. When we don't have governing council members for a while, we gather around and we, uh, we dream. That's what we do. Um, and just in regards to no news, um, happening, uh, you know, uh, there's plenty of good news in Hedera. So I don't know, uh, mint melon mojito, (laughs) that's a great username, uh, says ripple again, you know, it's been well stated that governing council members will be competitors with each other. What about a governing council member that is a competitor to Hedera? Um, That'd be very interesting. Uh, Ripple, as a governing council member, I think I'd choose Quant over Ripple, to be honest. And again, if you're just tuning in now, um, I know I, I sound like a crazy person right now. I'm I've, these aren't my ideas. I'm talking about uh, things people post on X in my comments. Um, Tasho Swap says Tesla, or SpaceX. Uh, the Fexception says be realistic. It's whatever fifty thousand dollars can buy. True. Um. Uh, if you can become approved by the board of Hedera as a as they put it I can't remember what they put it but like a, an accept a, an accepted um, candidate for onboarding a governing council member that basically means that you will get fifty thousand dollars worth of H bar if you present to them um, somebody, for a governing council member seat and then help that governing council member, um, work their way through, um, the process and become a governing council member, uh, you can do that. So give it a shot. Um, uh, OC crypto troll says Tesla, um, one says a big name would be good for the hype and price action. I just want them to build use cases and pay for everything themselves. Um, you know, that's a bit, that's a good point. I mean, I, I shared my thoughts on Avery Dennison at my I.O. and, you know, that kind of stuff. But it, it is true. It would be great to see a high throughput use case that's just paying for it themselves. That would be very cool. Um, of DLT said something that what I think is a joke, or sorry, what I think is being presented as a joke, but... When you actually look at it, seems very interesting. They said um, either the World Toilet Organization or waste management, and the World Toilet Organization um, is an organization that is charged with making sure that there are toilets in the world. I mean, still in a lot of places in the world, um, there's there's you don't have a, a proper toilet to use, and there just isn't that um, you know infrastructure in place. And Hadera wants to be the uh, the, the plumbing of the fifth industrial revolution so having or the sorry the fourth industrial revolution. so um, having world toilet organization would be maybe a solid move. Um, and you know in all seriousness, um, when you look at what that use case could could bring from a trust standpoint um, and knowing that those different deployments of toilets are being used properly and actually being put into place, um, there's a lot of trust involved, right? So that that could be very interesting. Also, waste management. I mean, waste management is a giant company. Um, Their garbage trucks are driving around everywhere all the time. And I imagine that when we look at where the waste ends up, how it is tracked, how it is treated, where it is buried, all those different types of things, I imagine that provenance comes into that, tokenization comes into that, trust comes into that. So um, I know that might have been a joke, but I think that, you know, it would not be crazy to see something like those two join the governing council. In my opinion, um, seven gone day says one with the biggest impact could be Twitter or X. Uh, okay. Um, says Alibaba. That's the first time that I've heard Alibaba and very interesting. We're all familiar with Alibaba. Um, we've all used Alibaba at one point for a doodad or a gizmo. And, uh, you could categorize them in the same way as Amazon, you know, from an e-commerce standpoint. Um, right? It's it's a global player, right? It would be a Chinese company. Very interesting. Again, not ruling that out. Uh, so governing council member predictions. Fourth story. Uh, the next stories are good, will be a little quicker, guys. So appreciate everyone tuning in, sticking around. I'm still playing a bit of catch up. There's been so much happening. So I got a lot to talk about. Um, I have, this is my quickest story. I have a question, and this is a story because it's an important question. I have a question regarding permissioned nodes. And this is kind of on the topic of the governing council. And my question is this if anyone can get me an answer, is what happens to a governing council member's node when? A Governing Council member's term expires and they are no longer on the council, but they still wish to operate their node that they are currently operating. So as we know, come December 31st, uh, there are a few members of the Governing Council that have their term coming to an end and they may not renew it and they may leave the Governing Council. All of those folks are currently running um, nodes for the network. So... Does it mean that on December 31st, when the term expires, that their node is also going to shut down, right? Will it be the case that, let's say we have 29 governing council members and we go down to 28, someone doesn't renew their term. Does the amount of nodes on the network drop from 29 to 28? That could very well be the case. Um, We have to remember, too, that governing council members can come back later on under various, um, criteria. So to me, I look at that and I go, what's the other scenario where we lose a governing council member, but we keep all 29 nodes. That to me would obviously imply that permissioned nodes, if that scenario were to happen, Permission nodes would have to be in place before the end of the year, or at least before the unwinding of a governing council node would have to happen. You would, you would need permissioned nodes, right? I'm not talking about community nodes or, or permissionless nodes or this and that. I'm talking about permissioned nodes. So for me, I kind of look at that and I'm like, what is that? What does that look like having a ex governing council member still run a node And I look at to another end to this of let's look at um, maybe, you know, Hyundai, right? Big company that could very well join the governing council and is working on a use case on Hedera and may look at running their own node as a benefit to their use case. Having permission nodes, it would kind of be like, hey, yeah, let's, get our nodes started up and potentially we could be in a situation where a governing council member joins the council with an already operating node. So that's also very interesting to me. Um, so that's a question that I have. I, I'm not going to, you know, spin my wheels on it any further, but it's just something that I have had a few conversations about with people in the community and it just kind of popped up. And as we approach the end of the year and as we approach, um, you know, a governing council member or two potentially not renewing their term. It just kind of gets me thinking of like, well, what happens to their node? At this point, I assume it would kind of go offline, but would it would it be cool if if there was a possibility of them keeping their node online? And what would that take? So that's my question. Now, next two stories, number six and seven, these are these are big and very important. This is on the substance side. We're talking about hype and substance today. Um, Data on disk. So this was presented at the recent uh, community call on the Hedera Discord. And this was presented um, by Richard Baer, VP of Software Engineering at Swirls Labs. And basically, um, this is a big uh, change in the technology of the network. So... With the new data on disk feature, the HEDERA network state is stored on disk instead of memory. The perf optimization outcome on HEDERA is off the charts. So here are some charts. Um, and, the, and the TLDR on this is speed and memory stats have dropped off the cliff, which is a good thing. No database, no blockchain has this type of data persistence. It would It's a world first the ever so practically named data on disk is a huge deal. It is the underlying mechanism needed so we can take Hedera to scale to enormous numbers of accounts, NFTs, and other entities. So this is really, really big. And if you look at the charts that were shared in regards to memory, you kind of see all these different writes and reads happening to memory on this chart. And as data on disk is implemented, as of, I believe it was added two are going to be added to the network at some point. It just drops off into like, it's like, you know, for lack of a better analogy, it's like watching someone's heart monitor go flatline, um, But in a good way. Um, same with the, the state, right? Um, you see the same types of things and it just kind of drops off. Um, so basically um, you're going from a state, right? You're going from an average of 50 seconds to seven seconds. So, very, very fascinating. And some and some high-level key points to this is this is different from any other database. No database has this. No blockchain has this. It's a Merkle tree but stored on disk. Um, 10,000 transactions a second are still accessed on disk. And it's been invented and written within a year. So this is like when you talk about moving at speed, like this is... This is out of control. And I think a great wrap up on this was um, on the Hedera community subreddit, um, a little take shared by Hotfix Houdini, Reddit user, says, quote, it sounds like the goal was to make it so the size of the hash graph, in brackets, all accounts, smart contracts, NFTs, etc., right? Quote unquote entities, does not impact the performance or TPS as well as achieve a consistent memory usage instead of memory scaling with. So the theory being, quote, we should be able to do 10,000 transactions today, sorry, 10,000 TPS today with 2 million accounts, and we should be able to do 10,000 TPS next year with 2 billion accounts. It sounds like this actually addresses several issues. One being that smart contracts are large a lot to load in memory, but a lot of operations on smart contracts only change one or a few variables. This algorithm takes advantage of the Merkle trees to not only change the necessary fields instead of having to load everything, question mark. Another implications uh, is that this is a step towards anonymous nodes. The hardware needs for a node are drastically reduced also means that the greenest network has just become even more green. So this is a very fundamental change to the way that this network operates. And again, the, in the larger picture, a lot of people like to say, you know, oh, Hedera is infinitely scalable and it's, it's amazing. It's so stable and this and that. And it's, you know, reminder, this is a network in beta. There are still things that need to be done to make this network fully scalable and capable. Um, It's not exactly a situation where you can literally just throw anything at it and Hedera will go off without a hiccup. There are throttles in place. There are limits in place um, to prevent certain things happening like uh, the network um, suffering any kind of downtime or different things like that. So there's still work that needs to be done. But the work being done Is so cutting edge, so bleeding edge, and so innovative and so impactful. It 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 completely kind of redefines that argument and shows truly that like the pace at which the the development is happening on this network and innovation from a technology standpoint is is really unmatched. Um, And it's you know literally just inventing new technology. It's incredible. This brings us to story number seven of the day, which is. basically a a big upgrade to the Hashgraph itself. Um, So Hedera Hashgraph, the epitome of high performance in the crypto realm, has unveiled a game-changing optimization. By refining its core algorithms, Hedera has managed to streamline the consensus process, achieving the same results with about half the events. This leap not only underscores Hedera's commitment to innovation, but also sets a new benchmark for the industry. So not only are we doing data on disk, we're also doing some other crazy stuff. So um, basically, you know, the consensus algorithm is this. The hash graph is the consensus mechanism based on gossip where nodes exchange events containing transactions to achieve consensus. Right. That's that's what we're all invested in. If you're not aware of that, um, you know, definitely uh, check it out. Um, So. Two key elements here that we're gonna talk about are other parent and tip set. So other parent is an event recently created by a different node selected when a node creates a new event. So basically imagine like a family tree where each person has one biological parent from their own family and one close friend from another family. And the Hedera system, when a new piece of information or event is created, it references the last piece of information from its own family or self-parent, and one from another family or other parent. This other parent helps connect different families of information together, ensuring everyone is on the same page, right? So that's a bit of a complex process. And tip set is a novel parameter representing the latest event known from every individual node within the network. This is kind of like a new thing. So think of this as a classroom where each student holds a list of the latest news that they've heard from every other student. The tip set is like that list. It represents the most recent piece of news each student has from everyone else in the class. And by comparing these lists, students can quickly figure out what news they might have missed and catch up. Um, So this is all about speed, folks. So Hedera's new approach to selecting other parent and enhancing Hashgraph performance So initially, other parents were selected randomly from a global list of nodes, just kind of throwing darts at a board. So this is about optimized selection. So a new algorithm allows nodes to analyze potential parents' topological properties and rank their quality. Um, So it's like having a smart system that can pick the best friends for sharing information based on how well they're connected with everyone else, right? Right. Networking, it's who's who. It's about who you know. We're trying to gossip here, and then the introduction of tip sets, right? So, represents the latest event known from every node, aiding in um, efficient other parent selection. So it's kind of like we talked about in the example above with the students kind of sharing their latest news. So this is basically creating a better hash graph. Um, the essence of a hash graph consensus algorithm, and it's significant. To achieving faster consensus. So, events exchange, right? The nodes exchange events to achieve consensus on transaction ordering and time stamping. And the parent selection, the choice of an event's parents determines the hash graph's topology, influencing consensus speed. So, in Hedera's network, think of each piece of information as a puzzle piece, right? How these pieces connect to each other shapes the puzzle's pattern affecting how quickly everyone can agree on the final picture. Connecting them wisely and more thoughtfully means reaching agreement faster. So it's not just about jamming all these pieces together through the network as fast as possible. The consensus component basically means that, how much, like, does this actually make sense as a complete picture? And being, taking a more thoughtful approach in how the hash graph is assembled allows that consensus to happen faster with, as they say in the article on the Hedera blog, half of the events required. So this is like a very substantial upgrade to the hash graph. Now, the optimized other parent selection was integrated into the release deployed on September 20th. So this is already live. um, And Hedera maintained its transaction volume and latency while reducing shared events between nodes by about half. The visual representation showed a 50% decrease in the average number of events sent out to a node post-release. So again, this is not just like what's coming or talking about some upgrades they want to do. Like this is now currently live on the mainnet. Um, And this is just about, again, enhanced efficiency, maintained performance, scalability, and really like leadership. Like what will Hedera's optimization impact in the broader crypto industry be, right? This sets a new standard, Pushing other networks to innovate, but again, this is very specific to Hedera's infrastructure and architecture, um, so it might not necessarily apply to other networks. But makes it Hedera much more competitive than it already is. And you know, this is just all about scalability, all about speed. I love it. I mean, this is this is a great example of where uh, substance meets hype. This is where Hedera could choose one of two paths. They could choose to either put out, you know, just an article explaining all the technical implications of this and really needing to understand these nuanced technological things to, you know, um, you know, understand what this is all about. Or Hedera could once again just tweet out, Hedera is the fastest network executing the most transactions and capable of handling more transactions than any other network. And we just made it faster and better. Um, They could just say something like that. And people, of course, will freak out. Um, But, I mean, let them. I mean, you know, a little controversy is is not uh, not a bad thing, especially when you have the substance to back it up. Um, Citadel. Citadel Wallet. I mean, people have probably seen uh, folks getting their Citadel Wallet demos in the mail. People are very excited. Um, So Citadel Wallet unveiled... Uh, it's groundbreaking plans for their Internet of Things, their IoT uh, ecosystem. And they're going to leverage Hedera for this. Um, And they are onboarding a strategic partner, I guess you pronounce it Minu Semi, um, for producing wireless connectivity modules. And so again, we're talking about Internet of Things, IoT. So Obviously, Hedera Hashgraph offers a robust foundation for these little devices. And when we talk about data integrity and transparency and efficiency, you could totally see stuff like this uh, you know, flying off the handle. So uh, when we look at decentralized identity component, um, IoT devices can have unique decentral- decentralized identities on Hedera ensuring immutable and easily verifiable identities without a centralized authority. And very often when people say decentralized identity, they're like, oh, they're going to, you know, uh, tokenize my passport and all these scary things. But a lot of times, as it's been said before, I believe by Rob Allen as well, is, you know, very often when you talk about decentralized identity, you're talking about, you know, these little devices, right? They, or objects, they have their little identities and stuff. Um, so how is this all going to work? What's kind of the key things about this this stuff Citadel, Citadel Wallet wants to do with all of these different little devices? So um, they want to offer these kind of transformative solutions and, and uh, address some challenges in conventional IoT architectures. And one of these things is a serverless infrastructure. So... Hedera-based serverless solutions reduce cost, simplifying scaling, and enhancing security. So what is that all about? So serverless infrastructure is like having smart devices that work independently without needing a central computer to manage them. It's cost-effective, flexible, and secure, allowing each device to handle its own tasks and communicate directly with other devices, much like independent team members collaborating in a workplace. So... If you have things like smart bulbs and smart devices, generally those products will come with like a hub or a little central device that will act as the manager for those different devices. So now imagine these Internet of Things devices not requiring that, just they operate independently with each other interoperably. A technology like Hedera uh, would be able to do things like that. And you look at Citadel as a wallet and like now imagine... Um, some other different things happening like, um, you know, these these devices being able to do transactions with each other, um, transfer things of value amongst each other. And you think about IoT devices like cars, right, or other autonomous things that move around. There's all sorts of different fascinating possibilities when you look at the convergence of IoT and things like DLT and, and, and Hashgraph imagine your car being able to pay another car for a better parking spot or something. It's very fascinating. Um, and so the partnership with Menu Semi accelerates product development. So they are recognized for producing low cost, low power and compact wireless modules. Um, and with this integration, it it's a big benefit. I mean, it accelerates the development and manufacturing of these actual little devices. So I'm very curious to see Beyond the hardware wallet, like what other little devices does Citadel wallet want to produce? Um, And how do we see this little ecosystem forming? It's very, very interesting. Um, So I'm excited to see what Citadel does. I dig it. It's a vibe. Shout out to Citadel. I actually had Andy from Citadel on the show earlier this year. Again, you can go back and listen to that episode. Um, and talked about the plans for the wallet, the struggles making a hardware wallet specifically for Hedera. Um, and it's really interesting to listen to that episode right now as we flash forward to present day with the wallets actually out there and people using them. It's very fascinating. Um, our ninth story of the day we already talked about. At the beginning of the show, I actually had uh, Brandon from Twigital on the show. Um, Twigital just went live on the main net, so we talked about that. And that brings us to our last story of the day, which is about the show. Episode 100 is coming. Um, And I'm really, really excited about it. And really, what I try to do at these big milestones is um, episode 50, we did something really cool where we looked back over the whole year and we basically just took a look at what were the top most important stories of that particular episode, right? Looking back to episode, you know, 82, episode 71, episode, you know, 64, going all the way back through the show. And I can go through my notes of each episode and look and see, you know, what were the top stories from that episode? And can we, can we illustrate a bigger picture of the year, a a bigger overall picture of this whole year? And look at it all together and kind of go back in time and maybe ask a few questions and go, oh, that was a pretty big story that we haven't really heard a lot about since. What's going on with that? Maybe there's some things to look back at. Maybe there's some things to reinvestigate that fell through the cracks. So that's one thing we're going to do. I also want to give more people a chance to call into the show, um, hop up on the stage and chat. So that'll be exciting. And then maybe some other surprises and stuff. But to be honest, I kind of want to keep it simple. I want to keep it focused on uh, just recapping the year because um, I think it'll be helpful. I think it as we wrap up this year, as we head into 2024, it's going to be really useful to, um, you know, to just understand kind of where we've been. Give some context to things. Um, I saw that uh, the HBAR Foundation just put out a tweet uh, regarding The Guardian. Uh, breaking news here, The Guardian just released version 2.18 Um, includes a re-implementation of contract-based token retirement operations and adds the capability for block and policy discoverability. The Guardian is going gangbusters. I dig it. I love it. Um, And that's a wrap for Hashgraph Enthusiast News episode 98. Hype is in the air. Broadcast live on Spaces every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 9 a.m. Pacific, and made available on all major podcast platforms the um, following day, so tomorrow. So stay tuned. This will be up on YouTube and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that good stuff if you missed it. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, you can send an HBAR contribution to uh, the address shared at the top. Um, really appreciate the contributions. This is a community-supported show brought to you by listeners like you. Um, and uh, also it's available in the YouTube description Um, So check it out. Get all the info you need about the show at itsbrandnd.com slash HBAR. Um, And, you know, my closing thoughts for the week are really simple. It is time to take a step back. Like I said, let's let's, uh, look at the bigger picture. And I think part of that right now is it's clear from what we talked about today. Hedera, Swirls, the HBAR Foundation, the Hashgraph Association, Enterprise, Governing Council members, they've got the substance stuff taken care of. They're taking care of it. What we need to do is we need to focus on the hype side. We need to focus on the fun side. We need to focus on the raising morale side. We need to focus on the crazy price prediction side. We need to focus on making this ecosystem exciting and giving people in the retail community as many things as possible to do. Again, I mentioned Hashpack just added new fiat onboarding options, right? They just added that. It's incredibly exciting. Um, So I think that that's what this is about. That's what's needed right now. That's what your job is to do. Have some fun. And I'll see you next Wednesday for the news. And as usual for everyone listening right now, if you see someone listening hit their profile picture, send them a DM, ask them what's up, ask them what's new, see what's going on. Let's stay connected. And with that, hello future, goodbye past.